Hey everybody, and welcome to the Harvest Community Church Podcast. We hope this message today brings you encouragement and inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out at harvesttn.com. Enjoy the message. All right, turn with me to Mark, Mark chapter 3. We've been, we started in Mark chapter 2 some weeks ago and, and began to look at uh, the fact that we all have been given a, an assignment. Every, tr- every born-again believer, every person that's been spiritually born, we've all been given an assignment of the Lord, right? And I'm afraid sometimes we feel uh, lots of things. We don't feel worthy to have an assignment. We don't, you know, we're not, I'm not the right person to have an assignment. I don't have the right personality to have, a, have a, an assignment. But if you look at, and we're going to do that probably next week, but if you look at the disciples and their personalities and and all the things about them, you'll find that that it wasn't just one certain kind of person that the Lord chose to be his disciple, to carry on his mission and to do what he had called them to do. There were were a variety of people from, uh, from very outspoken individuals. And uh, some of you are married to out very outspoken individuals and men that was really smart not to say amen right there you're learning um and then and then others of them were very quiet you you really don't know read much about them beyond the fact that we're given their name but they were involved because they were the people that jesus chose to be on his team Today, I want to share a message, and you're going to understand it more in a few minutes, called Darkness Knows. Darkness Knows, K-N-O-W-S. Darkness Knows. It's going to make more sense in a little while. Look with me at verse 7. We we come into verse 7 after Jesus has healed a man on the Sabbath day. The Pharisees and the Herodians want to kill him. And now we're at this juncture and Jesus does something interesting here. And look what he says, verse 7, Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake and a large crowd from Galilee followed. Jesus was often often, uh, withdrawing to a lake. If you ever need scripture about vacation, lake vacation or a beach vacation, Jesus loved the lake, <clears throat> but he withdrew. And, and, and in this, it says that he withdrew with his disciples. This was one of those moments because other times we read that Jesus withdrew and that he just spent time with the father. But this is one of those times that scripture says he withdrew with his disciples. And we're going to find that little verse sandwiched between the, the Pharisees and the Herodians who wanted him dead and some demonic forces and, and people that, were, um, that could have been an issue, a problem for Jesus. But look, um, when they heard about all that he was doing, and that's healing and delivering people and all that, Many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, uh, Emidea, the regions across Jordan, around Tyre, Sidon. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat 
ready for him. Because of the crowd, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready. That's going to come into play in a few minutes. For he had healed many, so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. Who's crying out, You are the Son of God? The impure spirits. You are the Son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell others about him. And this is how you give strict orders like that. You say, shut up and stay shut up. Right? <laughs> shut up talking. Stop talking. And don't start back talking. That's what Jesus said to these impure spirits. Now I want you to get a picture of this. We're in a situation where Jesus has pulled away. Things have been crazy. Things have been hectic. They've just had their lives threatened. And now they're about ready to go into a situation, not where people want to kill them, but they could be crushed under the crowd. Sandwiched between that is this little verse, these words, Jesus withdrew with his disciples. We will never be able to walk in the kind of anointing that we need to walk in to do what we need to do until we withdraw with Jesus away from the crowds. Jesus knew that had he not withdrawn, his disciples would have seen the crowds first. And once you've seen the crowd, then it's hard to really focus on the Lord. How many of you know that? See, I, see, I know that if you, if you focus, if you watch news enough, you start to focus on what they tell you is going on in the crowds. And so when you begin to focus on that, it's hard to see Jesus. When they tell you the whole world thinks a certain way or the whole world believes a certain way or an entire country thinks or believes a certain way, you're sitting there thinking, well, I mean, is the, is the whole world falling apart and Jesus is going to come back like, like right now? What's going on? And in our minds, then we lose the power to do ministry and impact other individuals because we get just as hopeless as the people that we're trying to tell there is hope in Jesus. We get just as bound as the people that we're trying to tell Jesus makes you free. And Jesus does make you free, and Jesus can give you hope in the middle of hopelessness. But you've got to get alone with him. For every teacher in this church, for everyone that teaches a class, whether it's to children from infant all the way up through high school, for every person, we've got nothing to give until we've gotten alone with Jesus. Anybody tracking with me? We've got nothing to give. See, we can be convinced that, that, that our intellect, our knowledge, I know more, so I've got something to give you. But if what you know isn't empowered by the Holy Spirit, it's pretty well useless. You may tracking with me. Anybody, I was telling one of the, one of the uh, people in the worship team last week, uh, anybody... You can find good voices anywhere. Almost anywhere. <laughs> Don't ask mamas and daddies, but you can, you can find good voices. You can, you can find good musicians. They're out there. There's a difference in a, in a good voice and a good anointed voice. 
Are you tracking with me? You, you're listening and you don't understand it, but you're, it's like, oh, that, you know, she or he have a, they have a beautiful voice. They can sing. So, but what, there's something there. There's just a little something on that. That's not just pleasing to the ears. It goes deeper. It somehow is getting inside of me and doing something inside of me. That is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And, and we, when we get along with Jesus and we focus on him, we get our focus on before we get into the crowd. Look at your neighbor and say, get your focus on. Get your focus on. How many of you know that? We got to get our focus on before we get to the crowd who needs us. Jesus pulls away with the disciples and then suddenly they look out and the crowds are coming and the crowds are not coming to worship him and the crowds are not coming to love him and the crowds are not coming to serve him. The crowds are coming to get what they need from him. Are you tracking with me? Something interesting happened in this situation, though. There were, also in, there were also people with impure spirits, demons. And the Bible said they came and fell at his feet. Now, I want you to track with me on this. The people showed no reverence and no respect. They just wanted what they wanted. And we all know those people. And some of us are those people. Very little respect for him, very little reverence for him, very little love for him. It's just that I need him and I need him to do something for me. Go for a year without praying and somebody in the family gets sick and all of a sudden we start to pray and, and, and it's just like, well, you know, maybe, maybe what we prayed for didn't happen and now we're mad at God. We've been absent for how long? Is anybody tracking with me? You say, bud, if we're not absent, do we always get what we want? No, but if you're not absent, when you don't get what you want, you've got a wisdom and a power to get you through that you don't have otherwise. And therefore, it doesn't put you in a situation of needing to blame someone, to blame God, to get mad at God because we didn't get what we wanted and see, some of you will not let your children buy with that kind of thinking and attitude, but you pull it on the Lord. Holy Spirit, why? <laughs> it just came out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now, the demons are coming and they're falling. Darkness knows something that a lot of us don't. Darkness knows that he truly is the son of God. We say it. Why? Because that's what you do in the South. Bibles, guns, Jesus, and beer. Okay, wait a minute. Did I not say Bible and Jesus and did not get an amen out of this man? 
As soon as I say beer, he's standing up shouting. Deliverance ministry is going to start here in just a moment. In Jesus' name, come out of him. You understand what I'm saying? We, in, in the South, that we've got this little list of things. And, and so we think it makes everything right. And I love the South. Don't get me wrong. But Jesus better be more than something that we just put sandwiched in with guns and, and beer. Jesus better be something more. It better, he better be someone who is a life giver. He better be someone that we walk with and that we know because there are spiritual forces in this world that want to get your attention, that want to bind you and bring you down. The interesting thing is that the demons knew. Darkness knows when it sees light. You remember when the disciples were so fascinated that the demons were subject to them, Nate? You remember when Jesus sends out 70? And out of those 70, they come back, and, and they're all excited. They say, man, this is amazing. Even the demons are subject to us. And Jesus said, that's, that's no big deal. I saw Satan like lightning fall out of heaven. He got the boot. And I booted him. Nothing to be excited about. I know all this. Yes, I've given you authority over the scorpion demons. Yes, I've given you authority over the serpent demons. But what you should be rejoicing about is that your name is written in heaven. What does he say? And heaven knows you. See, some of you, some of you get so discouraged in the earth that you think that nobody knows you, but heaven knows you. There's not a moment of your life that heaven doesn't know you. Your name is written in heaven. He knows you. God knows you. The interesting thing in this entire situation is that the demons know who he is. Did they worship him? Let me tell you something. They can't worship him. They want, listen to me, they once were a part of the choir in heaven. The choir leader was Satan, Lucifer. Study it. That's the reason we don't have a choir. Every church split I know starts with a choir and a choir leader. Lord, thank, forgive me for saying what I just said. And if there's any choir leaders watching the show. Okay, not all. Not all. Lucifer led this whole thing. And then he got lifted up and exalted in pride. 
Do you know what will take you down? Pride. Some of you sitting there listening to me right now and you're thinking, that stupid preacher. No, you, you think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding you. There's some, there are some that say, that stupid preacher, how can he believe in God? How can he believe in demons? How can he believe in this? And what about the Bible and that archaic Bible? And don't he know that the Bible was just written by a bunch of old men? If you think that, you have never read it or studied about how it came about. Is anybody tracking with me? Pride is what destroyed Lucifer. Pride is what took Lucifer from a worshiping God and leading other, other angels in worship to becoming the daddy of the demons. And they all get kicked out. Mm. Jesus says that the evil spirits are subject to you. Is anybody tracking with me? The evil spirits are subject to you. Who? Well, if you keep on going down, I'm not going to read it because I'll get so caught up in the next few verses. But if you read it, it tells you that Jesus pulled the 12 aside and he sent them out to preach and gave them authority over demons. Say, but bud, that was just the 12. No, but if you remember, we just read that he also gave it to a 70 that he sent out. What I want you to know, and let me try to tie this together now, there is this woven connection in this world where we begin to understand that what we see happening in this world is only a result of what is going on in the spirit world. I can get mad at you if you are a Democrat and I can give you a thousand reasons why I'm mad at you. Or I can get mad at you if you're a Republican and I can give you a thousand reasons why I'm mad at you. Or I can do what God's people are supposed to do and see behind the scene that there is a spiritual enemy setting up a system that is trying to control everything. Scripture tells us it's there. It's been there. It was there in their day. Rome had such persecution of the, of, the, of the Christians. Why? Because they stood in the way of what, of what their goal was. It's not political. It's spiritual. And the only answer is that God finds a people who finally discover that we have been given authority by Jesus over demons. Is this too much for you? Delegated authority. You know what that means? That means when you speak... They see Jesus. 
So you get pulled over by a state policeman and you see one six foot, 180 pound police officer. And you're thinking, I could take him. Now, you know some of y'all thought that. You're thinking, I could take him. But here's the problem. You take him, and there's another one, and another one, and another one, and 10 more, and 20 more, and 100 more, and 1,000 more, and 10,000 more. They're going to keep coming on, coming and coming until they get you. You tracking? When the enemy looks at you, he may have a split thought, I could take him. But then when he looks behind you, and there's a whole bunch more flashing lights besides yours, is anybody with me? All of a sudden, he's thinking twice now. When do we start walking in the authority we've been called to and not be afraid? When do we start walking in the authority in the realm that we've been called to? You say, but bud, we have no authority. Look, I mean, so they can take any kind of freedom they want to take away. In the natural. In the natural, they can. In the spiritual, they cannot. Worldly systems have no authority in the spiritual realm. Does that make sense? You have authority given to you by Jesus in the spiritual realm. Just imagine that if we spent more time Paul said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Our weapons are spiritual. Spiritual weapons. We can pull down strongholds in the spiritual realm through the power in the name of Jesus. But I'm afraid there are a lot of people trying to use the name of Jesus that don't know the Jesus that they're trying to use his name. <laughs> you dragging with me? You remember this little story in the book of Acts? Paul's casting out demons. They're doing all this ministry. And, and, and this, this, this priest and some what was called the seven sons of Sceva that is, it's like, oh man, we want that power. That's an awesome power. We want that power. How do we get that power? Well, Paul, did, Paul used the name of Jesus. So let's use the name of Jesus and we can do the have same power that he has. He might with me. And so he goes and, and he says, well, okay, let's do it. And, and so they go into these demon-possessed, these demon-possessed sons of Sceva. They go into these demon-possessed ones and, and, um, and, and so they're going to cast them out. They must have been pretty well known. And so they're going to cast these demons out. And this is what they said. We, we're going to cast you out in the name of Jesus that Paul uses. The Paul knows. And uh, go, go to that, the book of Acts. I want you to see this. this the book of Acts scriptures. 
I want you to see. Did I give them to you? I must have. There they are. One day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know. And Paul, what about the verse before that? Go to a couple of verses before that. Go, go up one more. Go to 11. <laughs> there we go. Okay, God did, what's that word? God did extraordinary miracles, and, and he still wants to do it today. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Keep going. So that even handkerchiefs and, and, and aprons that touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured of evil spirits uh, and evil spirits left them. The power of God, the anointing so powerful on Paul that it, it went off onto material things. And when people came in contact with those material things, they received it as if they were with him. Is that amazing? Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They tried to invoke that, the name of Jesus. They tried to invoke the name of Jesus, but they didn't know him. They would say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know. And Paul I know. But who are you? This reason some of you do not want to go here. Because you don't take religion, which is what the other ones were doing. They were taking religion into a situation to try to take authority over not something that is religious, but something that is spiritual. And you can't bind the religious, or you can't bind the spiritual with something that's religious. You only bind the spiritual with something that is spiritual. Is this making sense? And so they say, we don't even know. Listen, then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. How did he jump them and overpower the Jewish priests, the seven sons of Sceva? How did he overpower all of them? Because demons do have power working through human beings. They have powers of deception. And they're very good. You can see them at work on the news every day. You know when they're doing the sleight of hand and they're saying, look what they're doing over there. Look at those bad people. Go, 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 go. It's almost to the point that anything you hear them say, you know, anything they point their finger at somebody else to do, they're doing, they're just trying to distract and accusing somebody else. Demons are good at that. Deception is one of their main games. And if we fall to that deception, we're in trouble. But we act like there's no answer. Now keep, we gotta read the rest of this story, don't we? Don't we? Then the man 
who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house. I, see, I had to just say this because I wanted to say that naked and bleeding. Okay, so he gave them such a beating they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Why are so many people naked and bleeding? Because they don't know Jesus. When we try to do stuff in his name, but we don't know him, it doesn't turn out well. There's a world who is hopeless. How many of you know people who have lost hope? People who have lost faith. And then you've got people who have just adopted and accepted some insane thoughts and ideas. And you sit back wondering, will the world ever be the same? Will common sense ever become a thing again? Will, will true belief in God ever become a thing again? Will America ever really be a Christian nation again? And the answer is twofold. First answer, no. Not if we still think that the way to get what we want is found merely in the physical realm. Not if we think that the kingdom coming into this earth is by merely physical. But... If we start to learn that our battle is a spiritual battle and we're going to get on our knees and we're going to fight that battle. And when you see what you see on the news, after you get through cussing whoever it is that you see on the news, then you start taking authority over what you're seeing there in the name of Jesus. And we get on our knees and we start praying and we fight the fight that only we can fight. There's no other institution on the face of this earth that can fight the fight that we can fight. Everybody else looks at the church and thinks it's, it, I mean, they can't do anything. They think we're stupid. They think we're ignorant. They call us all kinds of names. They don't understand us. But can I tell you something? The battle is a spiritual battle. And our weapons are spiritual weapons. And there's only one weapon that they can't, that the demons can't stop. And that is the power and the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. Is this making sense? What I'm telling you is we've got to get back to what, who we were called to be. Our assignment requires that we understand who we are in Jesus. Our assignment requires that we understand the power and authority that has been put in us by Jesus. And we don't have to be afraid. I've had many situations of dealing with people who had demons. I dealt with a young man who was a Satanist. Went into an area to preach a revival, and, and this, was, this was back when Satanism was, was really just getting started. And a lot of kids were playing with it. They didn't know what they were playing with. But it was something different. It was a way to get attention, which is the reason that we, 
must pray for generations who don't understand what we can see. Because just like us, a lot of younger generations, is, it's, it's about what, what I want. I'm smarter than everybody else, and, and so therefore, I understand what the world needs. Well, what do we do? You be patient, and you teach, and you, and you grow, and you pray. Am I right? But I remember, some of you have heard me tell this story, but I remember preaching that night, and when I look back, there was three or four young men sitting on the back row, all dressed in black, laughing, trying to distract me the entire time I'm preaching. And, but they didn't know what they were doing. Uh, after, as I gave the invitation, I kind of walked toward the back, and they thought I would be too afraid to do that. But I had learned the authority that I have. And I walked back toward the back, and as I went, three of them, two or three of them ran out the door. One of them sat there. And, and something had got a hold of him, and I walked over to him, and I began to talk to him, and I realized that most people in this church don't even believe in demons, and there is no way that I'm ever going to get that demon out of him in a place where they don't even believe in it. So I asked him, I said, you want to step over here into this, in this Sunday school room, and I want to talk with you. And so I went over there, and I put my hands on his shoulders, and I began... I, I talked to him for a minute and just began to pray, and I began to pray in the Spirit. And the strength that he had to come up out of that chair was at first a little bit unnerving until the power of the Holy Spirit hit me to the point of being able to hold him down there. Now, see, nowadays you can't cast out demons because people will sue you and you get put in prison, okay? I, I kept my hands on this kid's shoulders, commanding that demon in the name of Jesus to come out of him. And the moment that demon left his body, his whole entire body just went limp. And I stood there. And I saw a young man free. And I said, now you are free from that. It's time to invite Jesus in. He invited Jesus Christ into his life. Little did I know, I found out later, that he had, his mom went to that church. And he had, been, he had been way out there for a while. The boy got saved, started going to church, and became a part of that church. A demon tried everything to prevent it. Now, here's what people do today. I think he's got a demon. I'm going to take him to my preacher. <laughs> do you know why Jesus didn't remain the only one? Do you know why Jesus said, let me take you guys and let me show you, I'm going to give you the authority? Not just preachers, every believer you know I'm going to give you authority? Because there's going to be a moment that you're going to come up against some, something or someone that you're going to need to believe and know that you have the authority and there's nobody else going to be around anywhere to be there to come through. You are the Jesus that they need in the moment. Does that make sense? Are y'all as bored as you look? 
you, believer, follower of Jesus Christ, have been given authority. I'm not telling you to go out looking for demons. We, uh, we said over here just, uh, what was it, a couple years ago, maybe now, with a young man possessed and saw him come out of there. Cast a demon out there. Done it and seen it many times. But I need you to grab something with me real quick and then we're going to sing. When we step on to this parking lot and we walk in these doors, we want to have prayed and understand our authority over a spiritual enemy to such a point that no demon can even get through the doors. Unless it's a person that needs deliverance. And then we know how to do that. Is anybody tracking with me? Some, we can't see them. But have you ever seen people so hopeless and suicidal that they didn't know if they could go another day? Have you seen people get to the point they felt like there was no reason to keep going? Have you seen parents that are ready to just say, we just can't handle it anymore? Have you seen marriages that say, you know what, I don't know what's going on, but I, I just don't want to do this anymore? Darkness knows. Darkness knows that the power of Jesus can change all of that. We just need to know. Darkness knows that they can attack as long as somebody will let them, but when we take authority in the name of Jesus, knowing him, it's over. Darkness knows when you decide that you're, gonna, you're not going to let the devil take your marriage down, that you're going to go into authority in prayer. Darkness knows the power of that. And when he thinks he's got you. See, there's a lot of people out there the enemy thinks he's got but darkness also knows that the power of light can change all of that. The power of light in the name of Jesus Christ, the power of light in him can change all of that. And so when people come here, no, you're not gonna be over here casting demons out of a two-year-old. That'd be stupid. You know what we do? We know that there are, the, the enemy is going to try to work on them. So what do we do? We give them the truth. We put the truth in them and we pray over them and, and we, speak, we speak the power of God over their life and we speak God's identity over their life and we speak courage over their life. We speak boldness over their life and we speak truth over their life. We speak love over their life. We're battling the enemy in this room and you don't have to look and say, I see a demon. No, we just get in the truth and the truth will set you free. So we just keep dispensing the truth. We just keep dispensing the truth. Not your truth, not my truth, his truth, because that's the only truth. Are you in this room today? And you, I have just reminded, you remember. I've said something today that just reminded you. I remember. I've been, I've been away from Jesus so long 
that I forgot, but something in this building today, something I've been reminded, and I want him. I want to run home. I've been trying to find my way home, and I don't know how to get home, but I want to run home to Jesus. Like the prodigal son, I want to run home. I don't know how I got here. I don't know how I got so far away. But hear me. Give me two minutes on this. Jesus told the disciples, listen closely. Jesus told the disciples, get a boat. And, and, and they would go, they took the boat, he said, because the people are pressing in. Get the boat. They, would, they took that boat and they would pull it off of the shore just enough. Jesus is speaking, but they can't just get to him. Some of you can't get where you need to be with Jesus because you've let some people get too close. Is anybody tracking with me? You've let some people, not, you say, but but is that not what we're supposed to do? I mean, can't, aren't we not supposed to love each other? Even Jesus, the Son of God, full of wisdom, never sinned, Had a, had a line in this situation where he said, close, but no closer. He knew they didn't care. He knew they didn't love him. He knew they were just out to get what they could get from him. There are going to be people that are going to come along in your life that don't love you, they don't care about you, they care about themselves, and their relationship with you is going to be about nothing more than them getting what they want. And I think the Holy Spirit today is telling some people, you, you're just a little, you, you, are, you are letting some people get just a little bit too close that don't belong there. You say, but bud, aren't we supposed to let people get close? Jesus had his disciples. They got close, right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? There are people that you let get close, but there are some people who are so toxic, who are so self selfish and so self-centered, and all they care about is themselves and what they want and what's going to fulfill their life. There are some people who are so toxic that you are going to have to say, this close and no closer. I can speak to you. I will love you. I will tell you the truth, but this close and no closer. And you got to stop letting your home open to anybody and everything, thinking that by doing that, you're doing the right thing get some wisdom yeah. wisdom because some people there's some of you got people that are dragging you down and you got to draw a line so that you can find your way back home okay I said two minutes it's been three so I'm done and here's what I want to do today the power of God is at work that has never changed. The invitation to come to the Lord is at work, never changed. And we are ready to pray for you. If you need physical healing, we will pray for you. If you need, if something, if, if you are just so depressed that it's just, just taking, taking your mind to mush, we will pray for you to see you set free. And once, once, and I'm not saying that you're possessed, 
Demon possessions is not all it is. The enemy can oppress you, never get inside of you, but just get around your head. You ever had a fly just drive, drive the living daylights out of you? Just bzz, 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 and you're swatting and you're doing everything that just keeps coming and you can't stop it? Anybody? Yes. <laughs> that looked like I was swatting. <laughs> yes. That's what the enemy does. And sometimes you just need to get some people who love you, who will pray for you, and watch that fly die. And give you enough break where you can go home and get in the Word and begin to find freedom. Precious Lamb of God, Holy Spirit, do your work today. There are people here that need you. There's some people here today that need to be saved, they need to be born again. Holy Spirit, draw them. There are others here today who have been saved, but they have, they have allowed the wrong people to just get too close. And they, they've wandered far away. Draw them today. There are people here today who need spiritually set free. There are people here today who need physical healing. Draw them today. And we give you this time of ministry in the name of Jesus. Let's stand and sing. This area is open up here. You come, whatever the need is, and we will pray with you. Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review the podcast. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you again next week.